Blue and White Brothers, the podcast all about Penn State football. Conversation and commentary from a fan perspective. I'm Tom Gaffman. And I'm Andy Gaffman. And we are the The Blue Blue and White White Brothers. (laughs) Two brothers. Two takes. One team. Gosh, that that little ditty, that little jingle never... Never fails, man. It just hits, <laughs> hits good, hits hard, uh, and especially when we're down in the dumps. Oh, know, we really man. need really need to pick me up. <laughs> Tell you what, um, Iowa was our last loss of 2020, and now our first loss of 2021. Um, hey, gang, we're coming to you a couple days later than normal, and I want to let you know we're okay. It's not it's not because we're so down in the dumps that we we didn't want to record. We we couldn't bring ourselves. We we honestly uh, thought about recording on Monday, but. <laughs> we were looking honest we were looking for some news, some big news, maybe some late breaking news about our quarterback. And so we tried to go midweek. Um we, we heard little trickles, nothing nothing formal, nothing official. Um uh, we'll get into that in news and notes. Um, we're, we're gonna do what, what they say, all the experts say, reading between the tea or reading the tea leaves. <laughs> reading between the we're tea leaves. Read between the the, <laughs> the double bird <laughs> Tealies. <laughs> oh my gosh! Hey, so, real um, quick, just to you know, uh, we um, you know, they were our last loss of of la- our, our last loss of last season and our first loss of this season. And I really thought, you know, I, I'm just kind of getting out of off script here, real quick. But but I really thought that we were going to win that game. Uh, you know, obviously, and I really do believe we would have if Clifford had stayed in, uh, healthy. But you know, it was supposed to be this like, this like revenge tour kind of situation, but maybe just, redemption. Yeah, redemption. redemption, whatever. Okay, but but <laughs> good point. Good point. It was redemption. But guess what? Now we, you know, what we have on the table in front of us is still everything. Everything is on the table still in front of us because if you're going to lose, dude, one, you are so just listen. The gun. Just listen to me. You're, listen to me. This is like our just hear me like out. Our end of the podcast. Well, you, you, the, the way you opened it made me have to say it. You know, say you it. said then say our it. First, our, our first loss of this season was the same team of our last loss last season. But maybe that redemption can be saved for the Big Ten title game, and oh, even more favored. so, maybe that revenge a dish. Because oh yeah, because yeah. there's a little bit of stuff that came out, you know, during and after the oh, Iowa game. True, it's got some people a little torched. True, so I'll 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 peel back on all that right now, and we'll save it for the l- yes. later in the podcast. Okay. Uh huh. I yeah, get off okay. script, Danny. This is what this is the blue this and white brothers. Do. It's two two brothers, two takes. <laughs> You know, and my take on the outline is a little different than your take on the outline, obviously. Because if you could see my brother's face, what is that? Two takes. <laughs> Two takes. Um, yeah, well, look, I we're, mean, we're, I'm um, an off script kind of guy. Oh my gosh, your whole life is off script, and I totally. and I am. Uh, you know, I I'm impressed with it. With it by the way, I'm, I'm jealous. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, look, uh, we're we're gonna get into those One takes. Team. Um, we're going to get into those takes, uh, bring you some news and notes. We're going to recap that Iowa game, painful as it may be. Uh, we're going to also do um, a mid-year reflection, mid-season reflection um, in the second half of the show. But before that, you know, uh, we're we're starting to getting ourselves like kind of out of the doldrums here. But it, it was a tough loss, man. Like it was tough to handle. 
uh, emotionally, both because I think, you know, you and I were both hoping for expecting a win, but also like the way it went down. And I'm just, I'm wondering if you can like take yourself back to like that Saturday post game. Like, how did that leave you? How did you cope? Where are you now? What, well, first of all, I, I made, my girlfriend was in Moab for the weekend visiting her father. And I was left uh, with one, with two of my best friends here to watch the game at the house. And a couple other uh, good buddies were also came by. And I told Kate, my girlfriend, before she left for Moab, I said, hey, if Penn State loses, you know, <laughs> if Penn State loses, I need you to text me that it's not the end of the season. <laughs> because if you're going to lose one, if, if you're going to pick one for the whole season that you're going to lose, it's this one. It's this one. So now after that, you know, I luckily I, I, I told I told I, I was trying to be as optimistic as possible in those moments where we're like we had opportunities to win, but Taquan Roberson was in there and it obviously wasn't just getting done at all. But I just kept saying, keep the faith, keep the faith, keep the faith when nobody else had any. <laughs> Clearly, Joel didn't, Cody didn't, you didn't. We're all in one big text chain together, and no, and everybody's you know looking for the closest news to the or the shotgun. You know, it's like, <laughs> put me or this team out of our misery, and you. It's like a train wreck. You can't stop watching, but you know what's coming. Yeah, and slow moving train wreck. And you for can't that keep matter. the faith when you're stuck on a trail track with a train track with a with a, tr- a runaway train coming at you. Um, but you know, it's like. At least after the game, Alabama lost. And I was able to hold on to that for a couple of hours. I was able to hold on to that for a couple of hours of, of just like pure, just, you know, I, I unloaded my, 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 you know, woes in that game and just was like, well, if, if Penn State's going to lose, so is Alabama, you know, like, but as soon as that game was over, I was just an empty vessel. <laughs> there, was no, there was nothing, you know, and I, and I haven't, I, you know, typically this whole season, I have just dove into every statistic and every, um, you know, uh, uh, article online and every I watched. You know, our, you know, a game or excuse me, um, programs about college football, both uh, Big Ten and you know NCAA at, at large, and I've just really dove into the whole NCAA college football this season. And after that loss, I've been I may have dove into an eighth or a sixteenth of the amount of uh, information and, and programming, and it's yeah, it's kind of hard to get back on the horse, and it kind of sucks as a fan to be in a bye week situation, and it's like you want to have a bye week to get your team healthy, but at the same time, coming off of a hard loss like that, going into a bye week as a fan sucks, but it's got to be even harder for for the team. They put more. Yeah, in you it don't want that taste to linger, right? You're like you want to, you want to get back on the horse, and which is and, nice. Why Illinois is coming because you almost feel like you can win that one pretty easily, but also yeah, eek, like what if? <laughs> oh yeah, don't even say it. <laughs> well, for me, uh, yeah, very, very similar. Like I was definitely probably by the turn to the fourth quarter. I, you know, I had my sense is that the you know, the, the final nail in the coffin is coming. It's just a matter of time. And sure enough, you know, it came, the game was over. And so I was, I was trying to prepare myself emotionally for the way it was going to happen. But afterward it was just, yeah, it was just emptiness. Yeah. A lot of people thought like, oh man, we're just going to drop in the polls. But you know, 
if if you if Penn State can get on back on the on the horse and and do their job and 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 we're healthy, you know, question mark on on all that kind of stuff. But if you know if they can, that's one of the better losses you can have, you know, on the road. Rabid stadium, rabid fan base. A team on the on a roll that was ranked higher than us. They were third. Now they're second. I mean, are they pretenders? I don't know. I mean, I mean, they're. I don't know yet. Get the, ahead of ourselves there, but bro. the point. But the point is that we. <laughs> I don't. I did. I will always get ahead of ourselves. But yeah. the point is, we only dropped to seventh. We're sandwiched between number six Ohio State, number eight Michigan. We got five Big Ten teams in the top. Um, in the top ten, and three of them are on our schedule. So we got everything in front of us still. You yeah. know, all of our goals can be met. No one here thought this team was actually going to go undefeated. Like nobody. So if you can lose one and make it a game that's across division, it's going to be okay. If you can do your job moving forward and, and win out. Yeah, you know, I I, I think that's like the head talking, right? Like in okay, the heart, sure. in the, right? No, I mean, I, I mean, I'm I, I have the same. I've had those same thoughts. I mean, all your goals are still in front of you, et cetera, et cetera. You got to get like, the team back on the on the horse, right? You got to yeah. You got to show them the facts. The fa- well, your heart, so, your heart doesn't tell you facts. <clears throat> so for me, like on Saturday, did you, you just know, clear your throat as an annoyance? <laughs> <laughs> it, I think it came across <clears throat> that way, but. <clears throat> <it> was, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's not what I meant, but okay. it, it's it's handy in that way. I'll, I'll take it. But what I, what I was trying to say, like, I don't I don't know if you know knew this, but I was alone alone on Saturday watching the game. Like Eileen and Ange- yeah, Eileen and Angelina had gone to her parents for the weekend. Uh, my son Juan was out uh, on a scout trip camping, oh, I didn't and know that. I I had tried to like you know, connect with a buddy and and they were busy. They've got family, you know, kids and everything like that. So I, I was alone and like, like which is fine for me. It was <laughs> yeah. fine for me, like leading up to the game. I'm so anxious and, you know, just like, I can just do my thing. I'm texting with you. But like when the game was over, it was just like, it was, it was all, it was awful. <laughs> it was awful. Like, yeah. and, and so like, I, I tried to like, and here's the other thing that you got to realize for, for me is like, I, uh, I lead worship on Sunday morning. Right. So thankfully it was like uh, an afternoon game, but I, so yeah. I, you know, I, I went for a walk in the neighborhood afterward to try you went to, to walk it my off. head. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I went to walk, walk it, it off. off. <laughs> you know, I tried to like, I, I, I watched like a, a Marvel uh show on disney which like, one try, which one uh the what if which I, i've been meaning to get into that is it interesting? There, it's, it's interesting i i you know it's not great it's not awful okay but um just a little just like mindless you know tried to get you i know, understand completely and like you know i was feeling sleepy so i i'd like i went to bed i'm like i'm just gonna try to go to sleep i'm gonna sleep it off walk it off sleep it off and i could i kid you not i could not fall asleep until like after 3 a.m i just Jeez. kept seeing like iowa <laughs> uh players in their black and gold like in my mind mind every time i close my eyes like the the false starts would like show up it was it was pretty pathetic i watched teen wolf <laughs> i'm not even kidding you dude you are teen wolf i know <laughs> i know i know oh my Sorry, god hot mic um but so, yeah no we I, truth- I, teen wolf was was my like mindless let's let's get over this kind of thing you know, yeah, like so, after so, all the football was over. So for me, I've I managed to get I don't know maybe three and a half uh, hours deal, of sleep. What's the deal? What's the deal with caring this much? 
I don't know. That's like, I, like for me, I really feel like it's a character flaw. Honestly, I really do. <laughs> like, you know, it's like I shouldn't care this much. It's you know, uh, it's a good, clean fun. I, I, I feel talked, like in, I, in the grand scheme I of talked, things, but. I was I have another podcast that I run and I actually haven't even plugged it on on this podcast one time but I have a podcast called Why am I listening to this and you can you can you know relate to that Andy why are you listening to my brother why are you listening to me <laughs> You can relate Wait, to that. Is that about me or is that about it, you? No, no, no. So, so the podcast is called "Why Am I Listening to This?" And it's just me and my buddy Zach, who I've I've worked with for many years in the outdoor industry, and we just like having our own show. So we we have notable people on, very very famous people uh, in the outdoor world, and we're trying to branch out to other kinds of people. The point is, him and I had a just me and him episode recently, which will come out next week, and. We talked about this podcast. We talked about, and 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 we talked about why do we care? Because he's a Wisconsin fan, and he's a Wisconsin graduate. In fact, he even like worked in, in the athletic department uh, for a little while while he was a student, um, maybe in his fifth year at the time. But he, we talked about why we care so much about sports, and it's like, well, man, like the rest of the world's too darn serious, right? It's like it's a fun little escape, and. It, and it's okay to care about it too because it it actually like allows us to like enjoy other aspects of life that don't have to be so darn serious and even though we do take it seriously and it makes keeps us up at night it's like it's still fun right it's still fun going on 5 we started a podcast right we started a podcast and we went on 5 and we still had fun so it's like I thoroughly yeah, enjoy I, it. I don't think it's a character flaw. I think I think <laughs> the other stuff are character flaws where we just take the rest of the world too seriously. We're not like meant to take on like uh, like the, the modern human being is not meant to take on uh, all the troubles of the world. And so this is one little escape that we get to give ourselves, right? Yeah, it's an interesting perspective, and I think and we I, talked I think, about it in that podcast. And I just I, I, he he that's he cool, enlightened dude. me to that kind of angle of it, and it and it made me feel better about being a a fan of Penn State football and college football. And it's okay to love something that's not, you know, typically accepted by people that aren't into sports, you know? Yeah, it's definitely the sort of thing where if you don't have a similar experience, you know, where you love a sports team, it doesn't matter if it's like a, you know, your pro hockey team in town or your, you know, your college team or whatever. It doesn't I matter mean, people, if it's baseball people or... Are, people are into LARPing. Do you know what LARPing is? No. Live action I, role playing. I've never heard that word. <laughs> ever, it, well, live action role playing. You remember back in Lewisburg, oh, the, the, like the Renaissance yeah, yeah. Fair, people would be like, yeah, like, that's like that kind of stuff, you know? Okay. Yeah. People are into that, and we don't understand that too well, right? So it's just like a different thing. It's just like a different thing to be into and enjoy and like d yeah. dive into it head first yeah, and not I, care that anybody else thinks you're weird. Yeah, and I think sort of as long as it stays in in its lane, and, and you, oh, you know, I'm way out of yeah, lane. that's <laughs> that's the real problem. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. So in any case, um, all right, let's move forward. That's, that's, off, that's off script. That's off script. <laughs> that's off script. Way out of my yeah, lane. Yeah, way out of my lane. <laughs> uh, out of my league well, here. Anyway, um, yeah, and and just to wrap that up for, for myself, um, you know, I, I went into church with with like really like three and a half hours of sleep and um actually had one of the best sunday mornings i've had in a long time it was give you perspective andy it did it did and just did like you talk about penn state football in your sermon? i did not oh I man certainly did not have you ever done it though <laughs> uh only like to say hey i was at the penn state okay, game last okay. week or okay. whatever i don't think i've ever used Never it as like, like an used... illustration like faith is like football no i don't i don't do that 
Anyway, so um, so we've managed to survive the terrible loss, <laughs> and uh, we're actually going to get into the game itself uh, in just a moment. But first, it's time for some news and notes. News and notes. That music reminds me of like an old Technotronic song or something like that. Yeah, man. <laughs> That's my jam. <laughs> All right, go for it. Um, Losing notes, so, go for it. So um, starting with Penn State, uh, as you already mentioned, Tom, uh, we didn't drop that far. Only dropped three spots, number seven. I would say, you know, it seems like voters thought this was – uh, you know, it's sort of a quote unquote good loss. You know, it was to a, a top ranked team, very close in points. And we basically were without our starting quarterback for three quarters and almost, you know, pulled out the victory. But yeah, we're um, only we, 10 points below, 10 votes below Ohio State for the record. So, yeah, very, very, I mean, they, very, very, very a lot of people had us at fifth, obvious, or excuse me, sixth, obviously. Um, it's Bama that's that's considerably in front of us by like 140 or so points. Um, but interesting because. You know, they lost to an unranked team, <laughs> you know. It's the but, love that Bama gets. The, yeah, Bama, course, the SEC Bama effect is a totally different effect than Penn State and the Big Ten gets. Of we course. know this. And I think it, a lot of people believe that Iowa is kind – they're just waiting for Iowa to lose. They're yeah. like, well, we can't put anyone in front of them because, you know, we've just been they're slowly moving them up. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, so so um, in any case, we're we're at numbers holding holding steady at number seven, which you know is not exactly related to the college football playoff rankings when they come out. But yeah. you know, it's generally it's generally been close, so that we're well positioned. We, we could the, the playoff we're making out, a run in the second half. The playoff uh, rankings come out in what week eight, week nine, week nine, I think. I can't remember. I yeah, think it's week like nine. That. But like by week nine, we will have already played Ohio State. So like, whatever yeah. the college football playoff would rank us off right now, like does not matter. By the time the ranking comes out, we will have played a significant game against a significant opponent that we could make a significant statement. Yeah, I agree. So, um, so the other news just uh, to to hit on as I, as I mentioned, we were trying to delay this podcast to hopefully get some news about Sean Clifford's injury, um, knowing that. A lot of times, if there's like a season-ending injury, Franklin will mention it in the uh, midweek news conference. He's already guess done what? it this year, too. So Right. And guess what? He didn't actually – they did not do their normal Tuesday press conference. So there's right. nothing official from Penn State right now. Um, I, I guess, Tom, you just heard that there's going to be something later this evening. You know, we're, we're Wednesday afternoon right now. Yeah, it's Wednesday two, evening. 2.45, your t- East Coast time. So uh, in about four hours, Franklin's going to meet with some – um, reporters after practice, I believe. Um, so maybe I, I wouldn't. You're not going to hear anything there either. He's not going to give us anything uh, unless it's, it's season ending, right? I, yeah, you're just gonna you're just gonna know probably the week leading up. Franklin, if if Clifford is for sure ready to go that Tuesday that he has that press conference, maybe he'll tell us. But even then, I guess you probably won't know until literally he trots out in the field on Saturday uh, against Illinois. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah so. So we did get kind of two since the game, um, one right after and one I think was um, on Instagram on Monday, two little hints about Clifford. One was, I think it was, was it Rashid? Rashid what? 
uh, Walker? Yeah. No, Fr- Clifford put out a, a No, no, no. It was no, there was an interview with one of the offensive line. Oh, oh, oh the, the interview. I'm sorry. Yes. Rashid had uh, said something I don't even think it was post game. It was like th- he's like he's going to be good to go or something like that. He's like, "Yeah, I probably shouldn't be saying this, but I think uh you know, Clifford should be good to go. I think you'll like the, it didn't sound like he was worried and if anything it sounded like he was like you'll see Clifford again." And then Clifford Right, came out on, on Instagram on and made, made a post which, which, which you can't comment on because apparently that he he's been doing that a lot since the zero and five last year. <laughs> no comments. <laughs> I don't blame him. I get it. You don't want to be reading all this bull crap about people hating on you. But the point is, he made a post and just a picture of him with the camera looking up at him, and it says, you know. Um, something about trials, this and something about other stuff that, but basically at the end it was, it was, uh, you know, I can't, I'm looking forward to like, to the next making challenge. new memories, making new memories. Right, right, right. And then it said hashtag B2B, which is back to business. So I think it was BTB. BT, yeah, BTB, back to business. Either way, whatever. Yeah, or um, it could could be back to basics. Mm, um, doubtful. <laughs> it, could, it could be. Um, uh, there, there are a lot of things that we could say. What does BTB stand for? You know, like. Uh, never mind. I, uh, you I, just want to start riffing on what BTB. I, I, I had a couple in mind. I had a couple in mind, and like just completely escaped me. <laughs> like uh, back boring, to boxing, boring like. two brothers. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, yeah, the okay. hashtag. Am I hashtagging? Yeah, not right now. That's not. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. That's the, you, that's the that quote you can't. From that that <laughs> yeah, commercial. Right. With, yeah, do, you, you know the ha- guy. Do you know the guy um, who leads those? Like, you know, don't turn into your parents. Commercials. What are they? I forget. What are the? Um, I don't even know. nationwide or something like Obviously that. Obviously, they're terrible commercials because I can't remember, can't remember the company. <laughs> but the the guy who like leads those seminars. Do you know yeah. what his name is? Uh, Andy. It's Doctor Rick. No way. <laughs> Yeah, which is his real name. His actual name is Doctor. No, that's his character name in the. Uh, Oh, his real the real human's name. No, no, but his character name in those little. little So you're saying we should bring Rick Gathman on to uh, assess and uh, (laughs) Doctor Rick's take. uh, You know, give us a treat. You know, treat treat our illness or (laughs) yes, I don't know. (laughs) Fix Uh, the team's problems. We've derailed. All that to say is, Rick Rick, our father. By the way, he also put in a. Across swords. Uh, so back to Sean Clifford. He also put in a cross swords emoji and like a a chess pawn Are we emoji. Really going to be what? What do those reading between mean? the tea leaves I, right now? <laughs> what What does a cross swords mean? Like, is that like we're gonna ba- like battling, fighting? What's yeah. the, how about the pawn? Like, what's the chess? Like, uh, like I'm a, I'm a pawn in this great scheme. Like, wasn't there like a Harry rescued? Potter where they played chess in the piece? Yeah. Of life? <laughs> He's a big Harry Potter fan. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe back yeah. to business. He was watching the whole collection. Uh, yeah. it's, hol- it's like it's like you know, it's witches and ghouls and demons and all that kind of stuff. And it's October, and he's just really into Halloween. Back to business while I'm injured. <laughs> he's just watching the whole Harry Potter collection. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a huge leap with the uh, <laughs> the chess piece to Harry Potter, but uh, I like they it. They played chess, dude. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> anyway. Yeah. Whatever. Um, so, the, Tommy, the, you have derailed. <laughs> totally derailed. I can't do this anymore. 
<laughs> anyway, this is what happens when we're trying to avoid the depression of Penn State's loss. We yeah, yeah, distract yeah. ourselves. Yeah. So um, everything's fine. In any everything's fine. <laughs> we're all fine. Um, so it seems like per- perhaps reading between the tea leaves that. Um, that Clifford may be okay, whether we'll see him against Illinois or not. Um, yeah, unclear. that's up for debate. Whether we'll see him against Ohio State, we're unclear. But but nonetheless, it seems like this is not a season-ending injury. Uh, we might find out more this afternoon, may find out more next it, week. It, but However, I wonder if it's not a season-ending injury, is it an, uh, an injury that's going to be plaguing him mm-hmm. the, for the rest of the season? And if he's taking shots here yeah. and there, yeah, is it a shoulder? Too. Is it a rib? Like, who knows? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, something that would m- limit his mobili- mobility or would, like, yeah. you know, kind of send him you know, get hit again. A healthy yeah. Clifford is a, is a good quarterback. Yeah. A, you remember, was it two years ago that Clifford was battling injury the second half of the season yeah. after he took a heavy hit? I think against Ohio State, and right. he definitely was a different quarterback after that. So. Yeah, he was uh, kind of crumpling under, you know, like he would kind of like shield himself and not finish runs, or, or you know, he wouldn't. He it just you could just tell he was visibly different. Which, by the way, Trace McSorley's last year in eight, 2018, that happened to him too, yeah, and he was battling He also played too. injured. Yeah. So, in any case, um, so we'll have to wait and see about Clifford, um, but h- hoping reading, reading and the rest the, of the players as well. I mean, yeah, PJ Mustafer. Right. Yeah, we won't know until. Point. I mean, I, and I heard a report that he was on crutches. That sucks. Uh, you know, uh, on the sideline. So, um, the other guy, the, one of them, I think, was maybe in concussion protocol. Perhaps that would be Sutherland. I think I heard right. maybe concussion. Brisker obviously fought back through his Brisker injuries and yet again. Yeah, yeah, so, yet again. Also, <clears throat> they both got so ho- during Wisconsin. Hopefully, we'll to- be nearly full strength by the time we come back. From the buy, um, hey, we're gonna just take a quick tour around uh, the happenings uh, nationally and in the Big Ten for game results. And as you already mentioned, bro, um, number one Alabama fell short on their comeback attempt, losing to Texas A and M, uh, who kick, they kicked a walk off field goal, forty-one to thirty-eight. Um, Alabama dropped down to number five with that loss. Um, it was a great game. I AM was way ahead. It looked like Alabama was gonna gonna do the Alabama thing, and then um, you know, their kicker just boy, he nailed a long field goal. Uh it was a great game to moment. watch. It was a yeah. great game for Jimbo Fisher to finally win uh, a big one like that, and it was a great you know, it was just great for college football to see this the continue the continuation of, of ranked teams getting beat by underdogs. Uh it's yeah, just fun and by the for way, the sport. That game was led by AM's backup quarterback. Yeah. Who lost the previous two games in a pretty in pretty And he he barely squeaked by fashion. Colorado ten to seven. Right. You know? Right. It's just it was a wild game. It, so, it, and everybody thought that the Alabama Ole Miss game would be what that game was. And Alabama just trampled all over Ole Miss. Yeah, um, AM came in with uh, with purpose and, and and knocked them off in College Station. Um, uh, secondly, uh, number two Georgia now number one uh, thanks to thrashing Auburn thirty four to ten it was really never a game. Um, Knicks they hung around a little bit. There was like a little hope, bit. hope for a little bit. You know, at the end of the first half, it was uh, 
uh, 17 to three, and then you know they then uh, Auburn scored a touchdown in the third quarter, and they were like, oh maybe we can, and then it just it never materialized. Never materialized. Georgia put 10, 10 yeah. points on them in the in the fourth quarter, and yeah, the, that was the, that. the score wasn't so out of hand that it was like never a game, but it never felt like Auburn was was in the game. So um, Georgia now your number one team in the country and. Looking like they may stay that way until the SEC championship game, but you never know. That's why you play the game. Right. Um, number six, Oklahoma looked like they were finally going down and managed to come back again with their backup quarterback. Yeah, uh, Rattler benched, was Rattler. benched um, in the second quarter, no yeah. less. I mean, it was um, time. He had thrown, I think, one or two interceptions and fumbled the ball once at that point already. And yeah, he was he out was, of sorts. He was making bad throws, bad plays. But he did not. Yeah, he did not look good. But he he, he did not look good. And I mean, and Oklahoma. Crazy. <clears throat> meanwhile, Oklahoma spotted Texas three touchdowns early in the game. I didn't think there was any way Oklahoma was coming back. And turns out, I mean, talk about a barn burner. Final score: no overtime. Was fifty-five to forty-eight. Question, question yeah. for you, Andy. Answer you know, we talk you. about like you know. You know, Clifford's injured right now. We talk about Taquan Roberson coming in and 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 not filling in. You know, this kid comes in for Oklahoma. I don't even remember his name by the way. Casey Thompson. Sorry, he ended up coming in. No, mid- that was that's Texas quarterback. Oh, you're. I, I'm sorry. You are correct. Um, but uh, yeah, what what is that guy's like, name? I feel it was like. Kalen Williams or something like that. I, I, I can't, I can't remember. Okay, Caleb. Oh yeah, K- Caleb Williams. <laughs> they were chatting it the week before. So he came in and was sixteen for twenty-five for two hundred twelve yards uh, and two touchdowns and ran for another eighty-eight yards and another touchdown. Eighty-eight yards on four carries. So this kid came in and was electric, man. He had a sixty-six yard run. Um, you know his he his average his QBR was ninety-eight point one, which is basically perfect more or less um and and it's like taquan roberson is he going to be penn state's like starting quarterback next year i know we were going to talk about this later but like is spencer rattler going to transfer and who is going to get him because caleb williams is he's young man i think he's a is he a true freshman i think he's a true freshman man so it begs the question what's going to happen to spencer rattler because you know he's not going to sit behind a true freshman quarterback going into next season, right? Well, uh, <laughs> that makes for some fun. He's a sophomore. Transfer. He's a sophomore. We should make like a transfer portal bingo. Uh, that sounds like a great idea. But seriously, <laughs> Penn State was in the transfer portal looking for a quarterback all season, all off season yeah. rather. Yeah, and we, yeah. we obviously we were trying to get one. Uh, to replace, you know, Will Levis, and we'll get into all that talk a bit more. But yeah. begs the question for this Oklahoma team: like, what's going to happen to their quarterback situation? And another game where the backup quarterback had a huge outcome um, was Notre Dame versus Virginia Tech, yeah. and Notre Dame uh, managed to, you know, pull out a, a late win. Um, Not just their backup, Virginia third Tech. stringer, right? <laughs> yeah, their third stringer played, I think, most of the second and third quarter. Um, their starter, Jack Cohn, came in, in the, at the end to spark them. Um, and and they, so Notre Dame came from behind again. They won on again, a field goal, right? Uh, on a last-second last, last second yeah, field goal, basically. Yeah, yeah. So a um, couple other quick, quick ones around the nation. Um, Dark Horse BYU Ranked number ten going into the weekend, they fell to the Broncos of Boise State. I did not see that coming. Twenty six. I did not see no. that coming. Because oh, Boise also, State is sorry. Boise State's not that. Not that. Um, 
I mean, you know, BYU great was a team 10th. this year. BYU was ranked tenth. You know? know they they were saying that they had a better chance than Cincinnati to because make of it their if they schedule because going of the forward had schedule. more yeah. on their schedule going forward, and the college football playoff is a like what have you done for me lately kind of thing. Um, but dude, also Kentucky beat LSU, and that's not a big deal in and of itself. But you know, Will Levis led the charge and spanked LSU forty-two to twenty-one. They're Doubled them up. They're six and zero, and and yeah. Ed Orgeron is three and three, and there, there's rumblings of is Ed or, Ed Orgeron gonna get fired, and like who's gonna be the head coach, and Franklin's name is even coming up for them, so it's like, you know, a you know Franklin's name's in the news for LSU, and B. Will Levis's name is in the news for being our backup quarterback and not being able to help us win our game to you know on Saturday. But they're able, he's got Kentucky rolling. As they're knocking on a, a top ten uh, as they're ranked eleventh right now after that victory and being six and zero with with some some big games on the horizon coming up. I feel like Kentucky's a little bit like last year's Indiana in the Big Ten, where it's yeah, like yeah 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 like they're just you know they usually have a half decent team, but they're never. You know, blowing it's like a Cinderella story, sort of. Yeah, kind of. it is. I mean, of course, at least for Power Five teams. Of course, they haven't really played the the big boys of the SEC, so we'll see right. how the second half of their season shapes up. But yeah, you know, I got feeling feeling good uh, for Kentucky right now. That's, I, that's, I, I got one last game that, that mattered in my opinion uh, before before we move forward. Um, I, well, obviously, Cincinnati pummeled. Um, <laughs> Temple fifty fifty two to three, and so their their run continues. And, you know their 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 options for being in the college football playoff are are continuing. But really, it's, yeah, they they moved up to number three, dude. Right, because we lost. You know, yeah. Um, but so what really is interesting is Michigan stays undefeated and they beat Nebraska, but only because Nebraska beat themselves. Nebraska was poised to win that game. And they were at the very least they were they were gonna go into overtime and literally tail is it Taylor Martinez or is it what what's his name? Adrian. Adrian. I think his brother would play for Nebraska too. Um but Adrian Martinez fumbled the ball away in like the last minute and a half, like inside of field goal range. And it, they he literally put the the game on a platter for Jim Harbaugh because really I mean, a lot of people had like picked Nebraska to beat him at home, and it was like going to be this big game that brought Scott Frost, you know, back from in the good graces of of the whole college football world, and really they just laid an egg. But they, they yeah, they well, were. I wouldn't say. I mean, I wouldn't say they laid an egg. They went toe to toe with Michigan whole, up whole, until the very. They didn't actually go toe to toe. They were yeah. down thirteen to nothing at the half. And then the third quarter, they exploded for 22 points and held Michigan to six. And so it was a game in the third quarter, and that's when they started. Yeah, going that's when that's when I that's when yeah. I flipped well, over. And, the and first saw half, it. you would have been like, "What is this Nebraska team doing? Yeah. They can't do anything on offense." But yeah, they got it going. A 22 point uh, th- third quarter is something we would have loved against Iowa. <laughs> yeah, wrapping up the uh, Big Ten, um, Ohio State and Michigan both took care of business. Um, they defeated Maryland and Rutgers respectively. Um, Ohio State over Maryland, sixty-six to seventeen. Oh my gosh, what a beatdown! And um, yeah. Rutgers got beat pretty handily, thirty-one to thirteen. Looks so, like C.J. Stroud for Ohio State has regained his starting position, if you yeah, will, through for over four hundred yards his, again. And his again. confidence, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I saw. A little bit of that game, and it just—it looks like he's sitting back there, like he's in all day. practice, and yeah. he just—he just sort of takes a couple steps back, takes a look, fires a pass, and it's like literally on the money. 
like fifty yard pass on. It's going to be hard to beat that team, especially in the big. Yeah. Or, excuse me, especially in uh, the horseshoe. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's going to be rough. We got our work cut out for us. Yeah, big time. You know, even with a healthy Clifford. So, well, look, there's your news and notes uh, uh, from the around the college football world, and um, you know, dude, we've been putting it off, but we got to talk about this Iowa. Game. Iowa. We got to talk about it. Is this heaven? No, <laughs> it's hell. <laughs> <laughs> the old Field of Dreams quote. A little spin on that. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, um, you know, we talked about, like, how we were faring emotionally with the loss. But, like, let's sort of take it from a more analytical standpoint. How can we talk about this game? The first sort of conversation you and I had about it, uh, I said, oh, it's like a tale of two halves. And you said, no, no, no. It's a tale of two quarterbacks. And at least from the Penn State perspective, it's really hard to see it as anything other. Um, And, you know, up to the point that Clifford went out, although there were definitely some frustration moments and there were some, some, you know, nail biting moments for the most part. When Clifford was in there, I felt really good about Penn State. I felt like, oh, maybe I'm not going to have to be worried about this game at all. No, dude, we were literally a touchdown away from basically closing the door on Iowa. You know, yeah. in terms of like them having, I mean, they would have played to the end, obviously. But dude, Clifford was looking great. He was making all the right plays, even though he threw two two interceptions. They didn't. They didn't hurt us. We held them to a field goal on that first one, which was could have been dead. Like yeah, a, inside very, the ten, I mean, yeah. that was that, that was a terrible way to start the game. <laughs> defensive stand set the tone for the rest of the, totally. of the half and the rest of the game, more or less. But I mean, th- those interceptions did not, you know, uh, impede our ability to be in contr- total control of that game, both on offense and defense. So, which was wild, you know. And, but as soon as that quarterback shift happened it was like the entire team fell apart yeah it it, it was it did feel team-wide too uh for in many in many respects but look you know and this this is uh, this is what kind of surprised me when i went back um to look at some of the kind of the stats of the game and start you know reviewing some of the you know the way the game played out did you realize that Sean Clifford was only in the game for five offensive drives? Uh, I mean, that makes sense, but I didn't realize that. No, I mean, it was it was like toward it was like even before the the second quarter started. I think that that he left the game, um, and we no, didn't, it was in the second quarter. Wasn't it was the second the, quarter? It was definitely in the second quarter. Well, in any case, it wasn't very far into the game. Uh, you know, I remembered it as being like he was, he played most of the first half, but the, the truth is he, he played only five drives, but in those five drives that he was leading the offense, 17 points were scored. We had over 200 yards of offense. And although we did have those two interceptions, it didn't result in anything. We, we commanded field position. Our defense was shutting them down. Um, you know, Iowa could not get a single thing going. Hey, you're right. Uh, you're right. It was he wasn't. It, Sean Clifford only played in the first quarter. That's what I thought, dude. Yeah, you're right. I apologize. I don't know why my brain said it was like midway through the second quarter. That's, but that's what I thought. I got end- thought it was almost the end of the second quarter. But oh it was- wait, 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 no, 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 no. I apologize. You uh, let's go here. Our last field goal. No, no, no. Here, wait, wait, wait. Carry on with what you were going to say, and I'll, I'll confirm that. Cur- I'll confirm that. Well. While you're talking, 
Yeah. So no, no, no. Sean, Sean. Here it is. Sean was in the uh, the. He was still throwing in the in the in the second quarter, a thousand percent. It was. Um, uh, basically. Mid it's seven the seven minute mark is when Taekwon in the second God, quarter so was, halfway through yeah halfway through. yeah 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 okay right on yeah so, sorry for the sorry for the pause people sorry yeah this is that. this is good stuff <laughs> yeah. um, this is this is this shows you the work that we normally do before that we <laughs> we well, when you threw, when you threw had it out you made me second now. guess myself but my brain yeah. had had remembered midway through the second quarter but then yeah. you, you you sucked and I had to confirm it. Uh, clearly. Um, so anyway, well, like I think on the other side too, like the, the defense during that time, um, was just playing uh, lights out, man. Like, yeah. it, you know, total pressure. In control. In yeah, control. Totally Patrick looked terrible. Control. They were controlling the, their run, running attack. Like maybe they were getting a couple of yards here and there and maybe moving the sticks here and there. And they definitely were controlling the field position a lot, but you know, it, it, we, our defense still controlled their offense through and through, and we had put up 17 on them. The only way they got their three was because Sean Clifford threw an absolute horrible decision of a pass in it from his own goal line end zone. Yeah, while he was being tackled going down, too. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So, Should have thrown it away, though. <laughs> it, for all we know, he was trying to. But um, in, in any case, um, uh, you know... The, I said to you, um, at, at some point, uh, because you know we were talking about our our game predictions, you know, and you had predicted I think like seventeen to ten or something like that. I, and I, I predicted, predicted seventeen to fourteen, and I had predicted uh, twenty to thirteen or something like that. Right. And when we were at seventeen. Um, I had said, Hey, we already reached your point total for Penn state. I guess we're, do you think we're not going to score any more points for the rest of the game? Yeah. <laughs> and you're uh, like, as in like, ah, ha ha there's no way that's happening. It was a sense of like how dominant Penn state was at that totally. point that like, I mean, and we were on track for, you know, 34. 40 points, Yeah, you know, against the so, number so, two scoring team in the country. Yeah. It just felt like, Oh, I was like a paper Hawk. That's why. <laughs> that's why one half doesn't ah, make a, a, a game, and one half season doesn't I mean, make it, a season either. Has you know has an injury ever had such a huge impact in the middle of a game? I mean, you could probably find examples, but if, from a Penn State standpoint, it's hard to think back to a game where injury of a single person had such a dramatic effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so go on. Let's get out of this. Uh, let's keep moving forward. I, I, well, I I'm, well, I'm like I'm like hating already that I have to talk about all, all of this. <laughs> so let's get through it. <laughs> get through it, <laughs> please. So, so we haven't yeah, so, talked about Roberson yet for crying out loud. So so Roberson comes in, and uh, bro, can you find you know like what point Roberson showed up in the game from a minute mark? It was like it said seven seven minutes left in the uh, in the quarter, the second so, quarter. So yeah, so Roughly basically seven, halfway seven through the second percent. quarter, we started and, to drive off. You know, right away it was just like the whole tenor of the game changed. Yeah. Um, we were already at that point, uh, you know, had received a punt deep into Penn State territory, if I if I remember correctly, and it was maybe what on the fifteen yard line or something like that. Sure. And this is when the you know I I think it will be infamous 
I mean, it's going to be Im- an infamous it, element. Remember when we started the Michigan game a couple years ago with Clifford, and Michigan started the game with two like a false like a false start, two or, straight false starts. Yeah, yeah. All right, and it was it, exactly it, like it that. It was worse in reverse. Than that. It was worse yeah. than that. It was worse than that. As as egregious as starting a game off with two false starts is, this is way worse than that because we were le- winning the game. And we had been controlling the game, and here, and this is literally where like the it all started falling apart. It was like false start, false start, false start again. Was it? It was three in a row. And like, why didn't Franklin call a timeout after the second one? Like, I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't get it. And it just felt like we were. It literally felt like we were. I'm surprised we didn't get a have a safety in that game at all. It was close a couple of times. Um, cause that really would have been the avalanche that, that this game didn't end up being in terms of Iowa running away with the game. Like they didn't, uh, f- fortunately, we go, what were you going to say about it before I, I move on? Because I'm literally trying to plug, plug away forward for, through this crap. Yeah. So I, 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 I was mistaken. Um, Penn state had scored the field goal. Oh, that was um, in the third quarter. In the third. Take no. ones. Is that what you're talking about? No. I'm so talking it's... about um I'm talking about midway through the second quarter. Oh, oh, oh. um oh yeah, Penn, yeah. That, Penn that was State, with Clifford. That was a ball. Penn with State scored a field goal that that was the basically the end of Clifford's day. Yeah. And then Iowa came back and went 75 yards in five and a half minutes to score their first touchdown of the day. Yeah. And the that... score goes from 17-3 to 17-10. And now all of a sudden it's a one score game. And, and by the, the way, Iowa the reason fan, why we had to the reason why we had to kick that field goal, Andy, was because Brenton Strange dropped that pass that Clifford was injured on, and yeah. Brenton Strange dropped a sure first down on third and seven that would have been uh, inside the the it would have been at, uh, inside the five yard line, I believe, or at the five yard line, and we were well on our way to to driving towards a, a touchdown because we had started. I think we'd started on our side of the field, and we'd been, you know, that that would have that would have been twenty. We would have gone up uh, twenty-one to three. Or excuse me, what what were we at there? We were at, yeah, we kicked. So we would have been twenty-one to three at that point, and instead yeah. we lose our starting quarterback. Our Brenton Strange drops a pass, which also just kind of breeds some sort of weird, like why isn't our team performing properly vibe across the sideline. And then Clifford leaves, and that's even more, you know, fuel on that. Like what the heck is going on? Fire and right. Yes, so they we, hold we us. Take the field goal, but then it's seventeen to ten instead of twenty-one to three. Right. Yeah. So they they hold us to the to that field goal. Then they march. 75 yards, score a touchdown. Now they're in it. Fans are in it. And that's when Taquan Roberson trots out. So we fair caught it. We had the ball. I was mistaken. It was not deep in our territory. We had the ball at the 25, okay? Okay. Um, that's even worse. The, the <laughs> first play was a, a loss of four yards um, when Taquan Roberson fumbled the snap. Right, which ugh. then like so ugly. then we're second and fourteen on the twenty-one incomplete pass to Jahan Dotson. Right, and then it's third and fourteen, and that's when we had the three false starts on third and four in a row on third and fourteen. Could it could it have gone any worse? And so then we found ourselves what inside the five or something? Yeah, then it's third and twenty-nine. Yeah. On the six-yard line. Right. There it is. 
And you're just and hoping t- that you can like even get the right. playoff at this point. Yeah. So Kevon Lee runs it, runs it to the nine yard line. We we punted away. Great punt to the Iowa thirty six. Um, and then that was the you know defense held. That was the end of scoring for the fir- for the rest of the half. Yeah. So we went into the half seventeen to ten. And the thought is, well, look, maybe Clifford comes back out. Maybe we get our act back together. We still have a one score lead. And uh, you know, of course, uh, you know more of the same. You know, yeah. um, and and yeah, you know, we managed one field goal off of our which second actually could have been huge. It actually it was huge. huge. It should was been huge, huge. Actually, it was huge. It yeah. was huge. It was huge to get that because to go up by two scores, you know, and then you're getting yourself into the into the fourth quarter, you know, it, it, it's like that's that's big time to go up twenty to. But they answer right away with a field goal. And then you're just like, oh boy, man. And then they answer with another field goal, and you're like, oh geez. And then that's when they did the the deed on a, uh, you know, we we had a three play minus 19 yard drive, um, with eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. We started from our own 25, and it was a, a right right away another false start. You know, uh, on the offensive line, and then it was a Taquan Roberson run for two yards, and then a Taquan Roberson pass complete to Jahan Dotson for no gain, and then it was uh, another a, a personal foul for on um, I think it was like a chop like a chop block. block, yeah, yeah. And so that drove. I mean, that would have been third and thirteen, and, but then it be and third and thirteen was probably insurmountable for Taquan Roberson as it was. But from a field position standpoint, at a time like this, it was it became third and twenty four. And then, and then guess and, what? And then there was another false start. And then it was third and twenty nine again. We had two third and twenty nines in this game, dude. From our own six, <laughs> from our own six there as well. So, so then Jordan Jordan punt, or excuse me, Jordan Stout only punted it thirty eight yards from that from that place in the field, which to, that was his worst punt of the day. And 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 it wasn't so so bad. I mean, like we've we've had punters that have been averaging that for a season in some cases, but we're we're accustomed to Jordan Stout booming at 50 plus yards at, the, at this point in time. But when you're backed up like that and you're multiple times in a row, you're just trying to get it out out of there without it getting blocked. So you're putting you're kicking it more up in the air than you are able to put, you know, a deep trajectory on it cuz you get taking a punt block there is, you know, that, that loses you the game. Yeah. So so here but then, you know, then it's just like all the this momentum. That would have so, been. I tell you what, that would have been a good so, spot to accept a safety. I think maybe. <laughs> In hindsight, yeah. No. Just by the way, Iowa beat us that way one time. They accepted by, a safety to make it uh, a, much harder make it for six our, to four. Yep. To avoid, they, the we had them backed change. up. We had them backed yep. up that far. They're like, you know what? This team can't do a lick of nothing against us. They haven't scored a single offensive point, but one defensive safety. Let's give them another safety, and then that way we can play this field position game. That actually might have been a smart thing to do there. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, and then maybe. kick it to the end zone and make them drive the whole field. <laughs> Seriously, flip the field. Two yep. points is better than three or six, or excuse me, three yep. or seven. Yeah. So that so they had the ball. They punted. We punted it to the forty-four. At their, their or excuse me, our, our 44. 44. Yeah, they and only so, had 44 yards to go. And and they 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 had been waiting and waiting oh, and waiting all it game for that perfect play action deep shot call and it we all bit and it worked perfectly because they had been running and running and running and running and running and and you know for the majority of the game with little result like you know little effect and and it uh it bit us and and it worked and it, it that was the you know that was the game that was it 
We finished yeah. we finished uh the game off after that after that touchdown of theirs. We had I think a total of uh like 34 yards after that. That's it. We didn't sniff yeah. a field goal, we didn't sniff the end zone, we didn't sniff nothing. We couldn't move the ball. Nothing. We couldn't even get on their side of the field essentially. Sad. It sucks. But yeah, it was but, it was it was but, it w- look, we, before before we do the butt, before we do the 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 the, the before I get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I, I just t- two things. First of all, one of the things that we've said on a few occasions on this podcast going through the first part of the season is that Penn State has been relatively injury-free. Our guys have been healthy. And this game <laughs> Of all games, was a game when when that didn't occur. You know, we, we had some key injuries. Um, PJ Mustafer uh, out for most of the game with injury, um, and then of course Sean Clifford. I mean, that was a real game changer. Um, so you know, I I thought that was uh, you know a really unfortunate. Um, you know, I don't know if there's any reason to it. We've been we've played a tough slate. You know, things just catching up with us was our is our problems with our training, um, or people jet lagged and just you know yeah. their their bodies are tight. Was it just bad luck? You know, but um, one of the things that sort of come out of this game, I just wanted to touch on it real quick, bro, is that um, as the injuries went on, um, Iowa fans started booing when our guys went down because they yeah. they thought that we were you know we were trying to slow the offense down get them out of rhythm or whatever and just we were just sort of like flopping so that we could have a breather or something like that and um then there was some back and forth between uh, both Franklin and uh Kirk Ferens about that and I just didn't know bro if you wanted to respond to that you know briefly or talk about it for a minute I mean so yeah I I, I was ticked off during the game to hear them all booing cuz cuz basically you know it seemed to me, with the exception of Arnold Ebiketti going down, it seemed to me that all those injuries were pretty legit because nobody came back in. Brisker did, but he they were feeling his shoulder out, and that's the same. That's an, an injury he was dealing with from the Wisconsin game. He went out, he was went onto the sidelines three different times in the Wisconsin game and kept coming back. So, so it's not like and nobody. By the way, no one booed and was at the Wisconsin game for any of the injuries we were dealing with, including Arnold Epichetti also going down, and they both came back. So they've been battling through. You know these kinds of injuries the whole season, and nobody's ever booed, ever, and, and, and to the point where um, Ben Jones said, you know, Penn State, or excuse me, Penn State has played nearly 100 games under James Franklin, and nobody has ever accused the Nittany Lions of faking injuries until Iowa decided that gaining more than 10 yards was the most exciting momentum building play ever. <laughs> like, we're, Franklin <laughs> came out and said, like Iowa doesn't run a tempo offense. That's what he said to to like. Combat, you know, that was his comeback. Yeah, because if you're gonna flop, usually you're flopping it's during tempo. <laughs> during tempo, and, because you, and you need a chance to, the, to switch your guys off, right? N- no team, with the exception of maybe Wisconsin, uh, <laughs> plays. You know, no team plays a slower offensive game than Iowa does. Their whole freaking deal is holding on to the ball and grinding the clock out and wearing the defense down. That is their whole it's always been their their deal, always. So it's like uh yeah, um we're not trying to slow down the slowest team in the country. 
<laughs> How do you slow down the slowest team in the country? But um, I mean, you know, it's just like I don't I don't understand why they boot and but even Ference came out and said, you know, and this is a, a, a quote, excuse me, a tweet from a guy named Scott Doctorman. He said, Iowa coach Kirk Ferentz said he felt bad for Penn State's players who were legitimately injured, but said fans who booed other, quote, so-called injuries aren't stupid and, quote, they smelled a rat. Ferentz said only one other time did he suspect an opponent took dives to stop momentum. It's like sh- I mean, like this gets to this. I mean, Kirk Ferentz has always seemed to me like sort of like a class act, you know. And agreed, I, agreed. I've always I, so liked this, him, and there's not not much to hate about the guy. But this this strikes me as I mean, gosh, I mean, you won the you game. Give, what did you What did you even need to comment dude? on it for? Like, what did you even need to comment on it for? Give the benefit of the doubt, and I mean, I don't. know, Maybe he just wanted to like, you know, he, he these are his I fans, think he was just and defending he wanted his fans. Yeah. I think so, but but you know, honestly, you talked about in the beginning, like the you know, should Penn State run the table and make it to that Big Ten championship game, and should Iowa run the table and make it to the Big Ten championship game? I really do. Like this is like that's the revenge. There's some the bad revenge. blood. That's the out revenge. Of this. There's some no bad more blood redemption out of at that for point. Sure. I, uh, you know, I, like I, I've. Now I like I, I already wanted to run the table, and then I was like, you know, there's two things about like w- winning yesterday's game is we probably would have had to face Iowa again, you know, like if we won the game in the Big Ten title game, if we if we continued and won the you know won the division, but and it's hard to win, it's hard to beat a team twice. So now that we're the team that lost, it's hard for Iowa to beat us twice. But now we have that revenge factor. Now it's like, oh gosh, now I really want to make it to the Big Ten title game yeah. to shove it down their throats. Um, Bring two, me two, Iowa. Two, two, <laughs> two more quick tweets to kind of, and then we'll move off this uh, this topic of the booing and the and the and the uh, forens and 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 all that kind of crap. But um, so somebody said, yes, Kirk. The plan to take the best defensive players they had off the field to slow down literally the most plotting offense they've seen all season, Villanova included, makes a lot of sense. Thought he was smarter than that. And then Bill Connolly of ESPN, this is not a Penn State beat uh, uh, beat writer, this is ESPN at large college football writer. He said, "Still, could, this is uh, this is from uh, he's commenting on Scott Doctorman's uh, Kirk Ferentz tweet that I already read. Um, he says, still confused by this. Iowa takes like two minutes between plays and had a thirty three percent success rate for the game, eleventh lowest of any team in all of Saturday. Exactly what momentum was PSU supposed to be stopping by faking injuries?" It's like, hey, maybe it was just here. that effective, <laughs> you I, know? Yeah, right. Uh, right. No, it, it, it's so it's. It, I think to me, it's it's silly, um, and it's an unfortunate kind of little look. I mean, it clearly it's this, fuel for later. Yeah, I mean, clearly some of this is sour grapes, right? You know, like we lost, and by the way, they, they were mean to us while we were losing. You know, so I, I don't, I don't feel like that. <laughs> I just think it's poor form. I don't feel it, like it is. Mean. I, it's poor, it's just poor no, form. No, it is. It's poor form on Iowa's part. And I'm not you know, offended by it. I'm just like that. Who's doing that? We live in a day and age where, like, what? Like, you can boo your your own team. You can you can chant for your backup quarterback to come in for your Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback. Like, I don't know. Like, booing the other team's injuries is like even further than That's all of low. that. 
That's that a low, low, low thing to do. And, and, and I know that that's, you know, like, you know, the hive mentality of like, oh, everybody's booing. Let's start booing. Well, all, more people will boo to boo and boo and boo and boo. It's like, yeah, I get it. Boo the other team when they come on just because it's like that's what you do. But don't boo injuries. Even if you, you don't know if they're fake or not, you can assume it, but you don't know it. I mean, we might not see PG Mustafer again for the season. Who knows? Don't say that. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Very, very good point. Well, look, um, we're gonna we're gonna bring this um, post mortem to an end. Um, I just wanted to close with this reflection, and I, I I've said this a number of times going into these big contests. I think I said it about the Iowa game that th- this is a te- it was a test, right? And a test in the sense of like seeing how good you are. And, you know, where you're strong and where you're weak. And, you know, for the first five drives, we it, the, the test was very favorable to Penn State. But through the course of the whole game, you know, if this was the midterm exam, the areas that we had been unprepared up to this point really showed themselves in a big, big way. And, Good and to thing- me... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, to me, the two, two, the two big liabilities, like the whole way Penn State was moving the ball in this game, just like in the Auburn game, just like in the Wisconsin game, was through the passing game, a really solid passing game, mind you. A passing game that the best defense in the country, or one of, was having a very hard time stopping. But guess yeah. what? When, when you pulled that off the table and you're left to rely on your run game and your backup quarterback, we found out just how much of a liability, the lack of a run game. And we, we didn't know up to this point, but you know, Roberson, I mean, and for all we know, he's going to get much better. Uh, the Texas A&M backup quarterback was able to beat Alabama after having a tough couple games. Um, but at least, at least for the moment, it seems like that backup quarterback spot is a real huge liability I feel, I, for Penn State going forward. I feel happy for Will Levis that he's he's got things rolling at Kentucky and he's the he's one of the stars of that resurgence for that that uh, team and that program. But you know, I, do you think Penn State would have won with Will Levis at the backup? Is that is that even? Uh, I think I think we would have. I mean. You know, I think Clifford certainly is a would have better, won with Clifford in the game. Yeah, Clifford is a better passer than Levis from what I even this season, I think. But Levis is not a huge liability in the passing game. He's played in big games before. Um, you know, he helps the run game quite a bit. I, I think we, it, you know, I think it would have been a tighter second half with Levis, but I think he would have led us to victory. I think so too. Absolutely. I, I think so too. Um, it's a shame, I, I, you know. The transfer, if the transfer portal d- didn't exist, um, I think we probably still have Will Levis on our team. Uh, and that's obviously not the world we live in, but I think we would have won the game with with that. Now we don't need to get into all the the analytics of this game, and there's there's plenty we could do. We could talk about why you know Jahan Dotson kind of uh, you know because of Taquan Robertson being in there was no longer able to be utilized as a weapon. We didn't really see that that Theo Johnson get factored into the game, um, you know, because. 
frankly, Iowa smelled blood in the water, and they took they took all our best away. Essentially, once Clifford was gone, we everything that worked for us was gone, and 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 we don't we don't need to get into how many interceptions we threw, which was four. <laughs> we don't need to get into who who had, who had the most yards. We don't need to get into how bad our running game was right now because we just we know we know what it was. We know what it was, and, and we all saw it. And all we can do is look forward uh, from this point and get better. And hopefully, that's with Clifford uh, healthy moving forward. Yeah, the good news is if this was the midterm, um, the final still awaits. Yeah, we still exactly. have a second half of the season. Good point. And um, you know, we can we can take our notes um and and you know put them to good use. And um we're gonna talk about that here in uh, just a moment. But before we talk about um sort of the the midseason review um and trying to trying to think about what the next half of the season might look like, uh we've got some mailbag and uh thanks for writing in. Actually three mailbag entries this week and um let's open it up just mailbag of the season mailbag time mailbag time (laughs) (laughs) so our first mailbag entry comes from carolyn mcsween uh and carolyn uh is actually our sister so thanks carolyn for writing in and she told me she was writing in in honor of my birthday which was this past wednesday so thanks, Carolyn. For, Happy birthday, uh, Andy! Thanks, man. You're welcome. <laughs> we recorded a an Instagram live that day, and I didn't even I talked to you personally multiple times, and I didn't even realize it was your birthday. I'm the two worst takes. brother ever. <laughs> two takes, bro. Two takes. <laughs> two takes. I don't even remember anyone's birthday, dude. It's terrible. I I, I have to remember. I have to have my girlfriend tell me when mom's birthday is most years. Anyways, Carolyn, what do you got for us? (laughs) Yeah, so uh, here's Carolyn. She says, uh, loving the season of Blue and White Brothers. Thanks, Care. Um, Besides the appreciation uh, for so many aspects of Penn State football that I gain, your conversations always give me something to ponder. So thanks for all the knowledge and insight the Blue and White Brothers are bringing to us listeners every week. Here's my question. And this is a great one for Iowa week coming out of that game. Yeah. Do do team that. rivalries develop as a sort of tradition or are they personal with the players having real feelings of animosity toward the opponent? So like, is it just like going through the emotions of the rivalry well, or is there real like deep seated uh, feelings a, in it's players a great, themselves? It's a great question. And I'm curious as to why she asked this question. Is it just some sort of random uh, one, like something she's been wondering for many years or is this like, Something that she is asking pertaining to what she saw on the field on on Saturday. All right, because it came before it came before Saturday. That's a good so, point. That helps. Yeah. So so I don't know, but um, yeah, maybe it's just a curiosity. But I think in light of of Iowa, Great who's timing been something of, the question. of a rival uh, for us. Um, yeah. What do you think about that, man? Well, so. Iowa and Penn State have played a lot of really interesting games and a lot of really close games as well. And 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 b- both teams have kind of damaged each other's seasons um, multiple times throughout the years as well. I think it's a really good um, uh, matchup in the Big Ten. I think just Penn State and Iowa are just like two. The, first of all, it looks great. Like just the, that black and yellow and that and that blue and white and those super simple uniforms. It looks great, but really. What happened this past weekend was I think a budding rivalry might have might have begun. I think that there's certain aspects of the fans hating what they saw with the booing, and there's certain aspects of the players maybe not enjoying that either. I and Franklin even said in, in the you know 
I mean, typically Franklin wouldn't fuel any flames, and he didn't necessarily, like, specifically, but just the way he commented on it was like, I'm annoyed by that. Like, he was annoyed by that. And and I, I imagine so Franklin has been known to hold hold a grudge in the past. Uh, uh, again, he he, what was it in two thousand seventeen? They beat Michigan down because beat the pants off. Of yeah, them. because Michigan beat the pants off of us, and they they ran the score up against us when we had a lot of injuries and we were not a, a good ball club to, for the through the first four games of the two thousand sixteen season. And Franklin made a point to go beat the brains off of. Um, Michigan in 2017. So Franklin's not above <laughs> pettiness like that. He's not. I mean, maybe he's grown somewhat since then over the last five-ish years, four years or so. But you booing Penn State, if you're booing Franklin's players being injured and and their legitimate injuries, yeah, I guarantee, watch out, you, I guarantee you Franklin's going to remember that. And whether it happens yeah. later this year or next year or whenever we play Iowa next, like he's going to remember that. And so are the players. So, the, so, it's, so there's a multi... Like layered answer to Carolyn's question from my point of view is like you know then you have the Michigan and Ohio State and that's just like border rivals like traditional rivals that is just like a, the hatred has been built in generationally forever and I don't know like I, I, I Andy do you know what, like when the Michigan Ohio State rivalry started and why like why they hated each other was it because they're just both so great and they just both are you know exchanging you know, blow for blow every season and, you know, who's number one and who's, you know, making it to the national championship, Heisman trophies, this, that, and the other. They're just always in comparison. And, and now yeah, it's just I think like, it's probably, I think it's probably the, the cross border, same conference kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. And probably that they were each, you know, especially in like the mid century um, era, like kind of vying for dominance, you know? Right. Um, yeah. You know, I, th- I think, um, you know, Penn state before the big 10 had that kind of a rivalry with Pitt that yeah. was sort of an in-state, you know, and there was a time in the 80s, 70s and 80s when both Pitt and Penn state were, were pretty decent, even though Penn state dominated on, you know, the wind column for most of that sure. era. Um, yeah, there was, there was bad feelings all around. Um, you know, I, I do think like, these things tend to develop organically. Yeah. But I think the players for the most part, they embody the emotions of the rivalry. Like, and the counterpoint to this is like, you know, the big 10 tried to make a rivalry with Michigan state and the land grant trophy. And, for the most part, it's just been a joke. Like no one, like no one really cares. Sorry, Michigan State and Penn State don't care about each other. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like there were a couple years where maybe both teams were good, and you knew it was a big game. But well, here, for the most part, it's just like here's eh. one where you don't need to manufacture it. Miami, Florida State, forever. I mean, they're yeah. both t- programs that are down right now, but I'm sure there's still animosity between them. However, when they were both like vying for national titles or conference titles or in in state, you know, dominance, and uh, they, you would see those two teams go- literally going at it before the game at midfield during warmups. Like they hated each other. So, like, I mean, there's a whole slew of ways that you can you can develop animosity towards an opponent, and one is being an in-state, like, being the next best in-state um, rival. You know, like you said, here's, the, here's the interesting thing about Penn State right now, is because I think our two kind of biggest like, in-conference rival potential are um, 
going to be Michigan and Ohio State, right? Well, definitely Ohio State and certainly Michigan. But, Um, like, the thing is, like, Michigan and Ohio State are their own rivals. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're their own biggest rivals. So, like, I think in the eyes of Ohio State, in the eyes of Michigan, Penn State's kind of like a, well, yeah, and we don't like those guys either. But, like... There's not the same heat in that rivalry at this time, even though like Penn State and Ohio State have been a lot more competitive than Ohio State, Michigan in the last few years. I feel like there's true hatred for like true, true, true hatred. Yeah, they want to win the games and they know they matter a lot. Yeah, but now like, from from a Penn State fan standpoint, a lot of hatred that direction. Hate, yeah, we hate them. We hate them. <laughs> but coming back this way, it's not it, it's not mutual. Like they're less to me. They're just they they care a lot less about us than they do about each other. The which fan, is sort of like the like that third especially. wheel. Like, hey guys, hate me, hate me. <laughs> but the, well, the the funny thing is, the fans refuse to to uh, you know respect and and. Um, uh, you know, validate the fact that we are like a true like ri- rivalry opponent. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but like, I'm sure that the coaches at you know Ohio State are like, um, listen, that Penn State team is not not a team you want to look look past. And and like, if we don't beat them, they're going to ruin our season. You know, so like they I take just us need just to ruin their season a few more times till they start really hating us. That's probably true. But, All right, so. Yeah, let's okay. let's move on. Um, let, uh, next mailbag, uh, a, a second a second uh, mailbag entry from uh, Scott Hagerman. Scott, thanks for writing back. Um, Scott says, uh, "Hope you guys are hanging in there after the second half offensive implosion of Iowa at Iowa." Excuse me. Uh, so here we are, uh, hoping key players with injuries can return to game action, especially Clifford, sooner than later. It's been mostly a fun ride the first half of the season. I bet most Penn State fans, including me, would have been happy with a 5-1 and one record at this point. Bro, what do you think? You happy with 5-1? and one? Well, I'm you, happy. With, start I'm of happy. the season, if you if they had told you it would be 5-1 and one halfway through, would you be happy with that? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right? Right. Yeah. Uh, especially yes. considering the schedule, says Scott. Unless right? we had lost um, the Villanova for our one loss. Yeah, and um, <laughs> yes, very good point. So, um, so anyway, you know, it, with that sort of feeling good, um, in spite of the loss, uh, question: What is it about Iowa and their capacity to knock off top teams, and yet in the same season tend to drop a game or two to teams uh, that they are favored to beat handily? Go ahead, you answer that first. I to me, I I think it points well first of all it points to the fact that like anything can happen on any given saturday in college football it just craziness happens it's really really hard to go undefeated all the way through and the truth is like the iowa's athletes are they're not the five star loaded squad you know they are a squad that it recruits to their system but they're not always able to blow people out of the water from a from an athletic um, standpoint they they play smart and they play well and I think you know secondly they play a system that has very very small margins for error when you play a defensive based system if your defense breaks down and you let the game get away like Iowa almost did against us they you know I think they they stopped the bleeding just in time and thanks to uh, Clifford going down that was a big part of it um you know but the, a slow plodding offense that doesn't make mistakes and a defense that boa constrictors you know you're bound to have one or two games where you just slip up and I think that's why they can get up for the big games and make 
really good teams feel uncomfortable and make mistakes and then they slip up against a you know a half decent team like yeah, i mean we were they're playing what playing... purdue this week or something it's like who knows like purdue could <laughs> give them trouble right. if things go the wrong way for iowa so i, mean, I think we, that's we why we basically that have been playing a similar game from the deep defensive standpoint similar game this season we just have had an offense that instead of running the ball and being slow plotting we're up tempo moving the ball through the air and and getting chunk plays and getting explosive plays whereas they don't have that in their repertoire at all so that's why the margins for errors are so much smaller because they don't have anything like that you know they, they Makes just you don't. wonder why doesn't a team like Iowa and maybe an Iowa fan decide to revolutionize their offense exactly They're still playing Joe Pa's game like like why don't you <laughs> like keep the awesome defense I'll tell you, <laughs> you I'll, literally Andy Andy I'll tell you why Tell me. How old was Joe Pa when he decided to <laughs> to expand the 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 offensive yeah. game plan finally to have the spread HD? Right. Like it didn't take him. It wasn't until like Michael Robinson, you know, kind of like opened Joe Pa's eyes to this new kind of way of running an offense. And then it wasn't until Daryl Clark that we started seeing offensive point explosions then in, in the 30s and upper 30s and lower 40s for Penn State on the regular. So it wasn't until Joe Pa's like, Joe Pa died at age, what, 82, 84 or something like that? He was, he was in his 80s. He was in yeah. his 80s when, yeah. he, when, he, when he, you know, last coach's final game at Penn State. And it was, so it wasn't until his late 70s where he was able to decide to like change his offensive or allow his like OCs or whatever to change their offensive philosophies. Kirk Ferentz is the the longest tenured coach in all of college football. He plays an outdated kind of style of or he coaches an outdated style uh style of football. And he, guess what? Much like Joe Paterno who who employed his son Jay as an as a quarterback's coach and an off, co-offensive coordinator uh, Kirk Ferentz's son is his offensive coordinator, so he That's learned a from fascinating his parallel. That's a yeah. fascinating parallel. Um, you know, I do think there's probably some element of the offensive game plan which complements the defensive game plan, right? It's about time of possession and hanging on to the ball and making sure your defense can, you know, have a rest. And, and whereas and our defense clearly ha for years has not been able to have rest. <laughs> exactly. Right. You know, and then, and not making mistakes. So there's no turnovers and you're constantly giving the other team a long field. So right. a certain style of offensive play, um, allows the defense to play that way perhaps. But yeah, I think I, you know, I'll be, so, impressed so, and surprised if Iowa ends up running the table. Um, and I'll be even more surprised if they make it into the CFP uh, um, after the championship game and even more surprised if they win because the, without the offensive production, I, I just, I don't know how they're going to handle the, let me just highlight the, the upper echelon. Let me highlight the offensive production situation real quick, just from our last game. Whereas, you know, obviously Iowa played their style of ball and won the game that way. Who do you know who our leading rusher was? Sean Clifford. With three carries. <laughs> Sean Clifford was pen he was knocked out. He didn't play three of the quarters of the game. He had three rushes that he took, and he rushed them for 36 yards and a touchdown, and he was our leading rusher for the game. Yeah, crazy. That's bad. <laughs> well, um, hey, we've got one more mailbag question. Uh, bro, you want to read it off? Sure. It's from my old buddy, Joel Bettner. Uh, he's a, a former write-in 
<laughs> um, he's a former mailbagger. He's one of my good buddies. Uh, well, that was a disappointment, he says. The game turned on a dime when Clifford went out. And that leads, to, leads me to my mailbag question. He loves these true or falses. Um, so, true or false, Roberson will be our starting quarterback when Clifford graduates. I got to go with, quote, false I know he was a, he, he has no significant game experience and it was a hostile environment, but Roberson's, Roberson's performance was particularly atrocious. In a little more than a half of football, he was well, three quarters of football, he was seven for twenty-one for thirty-four yards and two interceptions. Should have Ouch. been three. Ouch. Terrible accuracy, four false starts, sacked. He may be an athlete, but he demonstrated a lack of a poise and mental fortitude that the QB position demands. Yeah, I have to believe a better QB will step up. Otherwise, we're in for a bumpy ride. And I agree with him. If if Taquan Roberson is our quarterback next year, I'd be willing to bet it's not going to be that great of a season. I would be I would be surprised if we made eight wins. Because um, we're going to lose a lot of, uh, you know, uh, we're going to lose a lot of players, for, especially from the offensive line. Qu- quite frankly, that quite Franklin. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but you know, like unless Drew, unless they think Drew Alar the or Bo Prabula, I guess or Christian Vallejo, <laughs> still don't know how to say his name. Um, unless any of those guys are like you know Big Ten ready. And Drew Drew Alar or Bo Perbula will be true freshman next year. And even if Drew Alar is the second coming of Kerry Collins, like Kerry Collins didn't play well until his senior season, essentially. So, you know, it makes you wonder who who could possibly step in. And that's why if I'm James Franklin and Mike Yursich, I am going transfer portal yet again. Potentially for a guy like Spencer Rattler, just to see maybe he doesn't win the the maybe you don't promise him the the starting role but you got to think that it gives you some better depth right oh man <laughs> starting depth yeah so so i you know i think that yeah the transfer portals really messed with our qb depth we we lost two quarterbacks not just will levis but also micah bowens that's a good point to, uh who by the way went to oklahoma where he's oh, also a, not seeing yeah. much time good point <laughs> but yeah he's never case, gonna see the field he knows he's uh, a backup <laughs> In any case, um, yeah, it's really it's really tough not to have a serviceable backup quarterback. Now, I also think um, I think we haven't seen enough of Roberson to truly judge him well, and definitely I think the coaches um, bear a lot of responsibility for not having him better prepared. I I mentioned this was sort of like midterm exam, and like one of the things that um, you know like they'll do in like when they're, they're you're war gaming and things like that is you'll say, Hey, we're going to have this war game. And also we're going to like take our best piece off the table and figure out how we win in that case. And it, clearly the team was not like in a position to say, Hey, what happens if Sean Clifford goes down? Are we still prepared to win this game? So um, th- they've got some preparation to do with Roberson and it's quite possible that, um, 
yeah, he'll be in a better position to lead this team in the weeks ahead with some work that he'll get um, that he hasn't gotten up till now. But well, well yeah, I mean, that's, that's he, he doesn't. Like the question he, though, Andy, like why hasn't yeah. he gotten any other work against Ball State or Villanova? Like he, I think, had one one drive or two drives between those two games I, I, that were like you, you didn't really see him. They didn't, they didn't really see him try and get the passing game going too much. I know he did have one touchdown pass, I think, to Theo Johnson uh, in one of those games. But you like, know, I, I think you didn't. See him get like any kind of like uh, momentum going with his passing game. There's some coaching philosophy questions there, and I think they were still trying to get our the base offense going. You know, so um, you're balancing the developmental um, priorities. Uh, clearly, it came back to bite him. You know, and you know it's possible that if we see Roberson in the Illinois game. We'll say to ourselves, actually, it wasn't that he wasn't prepared. It's just that he's a bad quarterback. So, um, but it might be the other way around. I'm just saying it's a little too early to really judge, um, especially given the circumstances that that he was thrown into. But it was not a good look. Um, you know, we've seen some backup quarterbacks come in around the country and make a much bigger impact. And 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 Roberson just doesn't. I mean, has there ever been a time? in Sean Clifford's entire tenure at Penn State that we have been more aware of how good a quarterback Sean Clifford actually is than when yeah, I mean, Taquan Roberson it's funny continued how, how to quickly struggle you can look at a quarterback half. differently is like, wow, we really suck without this guy. You know, like obviously even Will <laughs> yeah, Levis didn't get it. He's the savior of our team. <laughs> Will, Will Levis didn't even get it done when when he was given the start against Iowa last year, right? Now, we were behind the eight ball that whole game. We weren't really like uh, – um, in a position to to win that game, I don't think in any. It just didn't feel like it, anyways. But we had the we had a twenty to ten lead at one point, a seventeen to three lead at one point in this this game. I, I'd like to think that Will Levis could keep some sort of momentum going off of that to keep them the defense honest and not have twelve false starts in the game, which I'm embellishing. But so here, let me ask you this. So I think we've answered Joel's question, right? Yeah. I I I, I think false that uh, Robert. So follow up to that is. Um, if you had to, if you had to put money down on who the starting quarterback would be next year, Andy, who oh, do you think yeah. it would be? Now, here, here are your options. You Let me hear money. On, you can put money on any of them. Okay. Um, it would be uh, one. It would be Sean Clifford. <laughs> oh, Two. That's not. He not, can I mean, that's technically not, come yeah, back. He can totally. technically come back. <laughs> which, which if he comes back and, and leads us to the college ball playoff, you got to think that he's actually going to go pro, even if it's undrafted. You got You just got to think yeah, he's going to give it a if shot. If he's out for the season, he might come back next year. Right. But if he leads us to a, a very successful season this year, I, I would be surprised if he didn't try to. Go Maybe pro. he comes back if he leads us to like say the Big Ten title game and we lose. Maybe he feels like he's got unfinished business and comes back. I don't know. Anyways, yeah, so that's one, that's one that's one option. The second is Roberson. The third is Drew Alar. The fourth is transfer portal. The fifth is another quarterback on Penn State's roster. Already. What about Bo Pribula? That's that he's going to be on Penn State's roster. So yeah, that'll yeah, be yeah, your. Yeah. Um. Hey. Yeah, by wow. the way. By the way. My my take on pro, pro, pro Excuse me. Bo Pribula. My take on him is that he's like a a Trace McSorley type. Um, you know, smaller um, and a good athlete and three star so kind of stuff. I I have no confidence in in, in this um, response. Uh, yeah, yeah, other than I think it's the like I don't think it's a by a long shot. But my, my um, 
if I had if I had to put money on it, which I'm not a betting person, I would say it'd be Drew Alar. That's where my money would be too. Yeah, for sure. So, and, I, and by the way, maybe that maybe that's way off. Maybe he's only just a great high school a great high school quarterback. Maybe if he's thrown into the fires at Penn State in Big, in Big Ten play, maybe it looks horrible, and he needs several years to to get his mechanics. Yeah, it's hard and, to know, man. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, you know, I. But you're here. I'm hearing everything about this kid that leads you to believe he's he's the kind of kid that is going to be able to go to big time a big time school and be able to compete right out of the gate. It quite seems frankly, that way. I, quite frankly, I don't quite frankly, I don't understand like the how good these young men have to be to start as a true freshman in an elite college program. I mean, to me, it's unbelievable that that these you know that these young people can even do that um so i i think it's unusual but i my my thought is unless sean clifford comes back um that that uh that might be our best option and and you hope that one of these two quarterbacks we're recruiting has a really big future at penn state because um yeah quarterback recruiting at penn state has really taken a hit the last two years we haven't landed uh the kind of quality uh, starting quarterback, you know, uh, type uh, recruit, you know, and yeah. I think we saw that, um, you know, Will Levis was that guy for us and and he's now gone. So unfortunately, um, you know, not only that, we're also stuck with the rest of the season um, with the possibly uh, a sidelined Clifford or maybe a not 100% Clifford. So yeah. will we see more of Taquan Roberson? Um I don't know. Um, it'll be I mean, interesting. I hope it gets better for him for for Penn State. Like we obviously, hopefully, he uses uses this as an experience to get better. And you know, you really, I mean, that's the only way people do it is getting experience. And and, and maybe the some of my experiences and are some of the worst experiences I've ever had have made me better at all the things that I've that I do in life. You know, so yeah, yeah, I you know, I so so. You know, we'll see how we'll see how this team responds to this this um, circumstance. You know, it's definitely some adversity here, and that Franklin's always preaching. You know, that's how you respond to adversity. And and like you said, the season's not over. Like, right. in, in fact, the season is laid out just perfectly for the second half uh, to to make a run. And uh, you know, we've got a really really tough second half. Um, yeah. it's not going to be easy. And, and, you know, I, I certainly think even if Penn state comes out of that Iowa game with a win, even if Penn state comes out of that game without Clifford injured, I, I think there are some games on our schedule that, that I'm still not sure we're, <laughs> we're in a position to, to, uh, come out I've, with a victory. I've but, got some kind of weird, uh, like feeling that like, you know, dude, any given Saturday. And I have this kind of weird feeling that like, it's possible. I, I, really... I feel like it's possible, but it's not like, you know, yeah, we're still not getting the run game going. We're still, you know, offense is is struggling against a good team from from time to time. But, but you know, I do think that it's possible. Um, yeah. I think we can pull it together. There's time and the schedule lays out. So, yeah, could we knock off Ohio State in the horseshoe? Boy, that would be awesome. Could we, you know, hold it together against Michigan and Michigan State and and, you know, waltz into that um, Big 10 championship game? I mean, face Iowa again and have our redemption and revenge all I in think, one. I think I, 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 I it, 
It's all right there. It's right. I think I asked this before, but do you know the last coach that won a game in the horseshoe? Do you know who that was? Uh, Bill O'Brien. Tom Bradley. No kidding. Yeah. The last Penn State coach who won in the horseshoe was Tom Bradley. It was after after Joe was fired. Wow. He won in the horseshoe. Wow. It's been a long time, man. (laughs) Uh, If I have that wrong, I'm I'm pretty sure that's, that's... Correct. I, but yeah, I think that's, yeah. So, so look, we were going to talk about um, midseason reflections, but like we're already an hour and a half in. Yeah, I, know. I feel like we can't do it justice in this show. I think what that's I'd fine. like, I think let's what I'd like next. to do is let's do it next time. We'll, that's fine. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll hit you. I don't know if we're going to do a Monday or a midweek podcast next week. So hang in there with us, guys. I think, we, but, I think it's worth waiting for for the Franklin's pre. You know, game week presser. Yeah, so we might do another midweek podcast next yeah. week. So just just hang in there with us. Um, and, hey, real and quick, we'll, la- last thing I'll say, by the way, about Roberson and and moving forward, uh, I, I I would love even if Clifford comes back healthy, I would love to see Roberson get some work in the Illinois game and and, and get some redemption quickly for for you know just so he can feel better about having to come in if Clifford gets injured again. I'd yeah. love to see that. And I think he's capable of, of playing better than what he did. Um, maybe just may, may have just been Iowa's night after Clifford, you know, you know, maybe that was maybe that maybe I was a team of destiny. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, it, the, at this point it's in the rear view mirror. I'll, I'll look forward to looking ahead um, at our next podcast. Um, uh, for now, we've got a weekend that we're facing without a Penn State game. Um, I got to ask, man, what are you doing when you're now that you don't have a Penn State game to watch this weekend? I'm actually. <laughs> it's funny you should mention that because in my in my uh, off time with 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 Penn State being my team, I'm heading to Madison, Wisconsin, to watch the Wisconsin Army game. Are you uh, serious? At, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm going up there. Uh, it's actually for my my backpacking work, um, the Ice Age Trail, and in fact, the the state of Wisconsin is um, uh, bringing me up there to to highlight the Ice Age Trail and to to give them some some publicity and stuff through some of my social channels um, and recording a podcast up that way. So uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna also catch uh, the the Wisconsin uh, Army game, which is a night game of all things. And Army's like one of the best, um, I think, running teams in the country. So it'll be interesting to see if Army has the ability to pick off a very wounded Badger. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Um, so, well, that's cool, man. I uh, hope you have a great time. And Yeah, going to um, be fun. Going to be real fun. Yeah, I myself, um, we are going to go um, apple picking. Um, Angelina, Eileen, and I, I think uh, Juan's going to be working, but we're going to go apple picking. We're going to get that some fresh fun. apples, make some make some apple pie. Yeah, there's a uh, there's an orchard up up our way called Boggers, and uh, we, we've been going in, um, pretty much every fall since we've been in Maryland. Um, so looking forward to that. Um, and then... Um, how about how about for football? What what games are you watching? Are you gonna are you gonna tune into anything other than oh, the uh, army 
Wisconsin the Army game? Wisconsin game. Yeah, you know, typically, Andy, I've just been like, you know, creating a man cave, multi TV, uh, cineplex situation in my my living room out here, where I've had four TVs going with all the different games, and I'll do it for Sunday NFL games too. But um, you know, <laughs> uh, I won't be able to do that as I'll have a lot of I'll be tailgating at the Wisconsin game, so I won't be able to like watch all the football that I'm typically used to watching. I'm I'm, I'm like a literal addict. I'm like an actual fiend for college football, live football. Um, you know, but I'll be I'll be excited to be at you know Camp Randall, and I'll I I, I guess I'll I, I'm kind of torn. Like, should I be a, 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 a Badgers fan because I'll be there with a bunch of Badger uh, fans, and, or should I be an army fan because uh, you know I was in the military. I was a, I was a marine, and and so I don't really know who I'm supposed to root for because obviously I hate Wisconsin from a Penn State fan perspective, but I also you know don't hate army from a any sort of perspective either. So I, I'm torn there. But as far as what I'm interested in, what's going on uh, this weekend around college football. Dude, there there's a few games that, that kind of have my eye. Um, one is uh, you know the noon game of Michigan State Indiana. Indiana being wounded, are they capable of knocking yeah. off the Spartans? You know, I kind of like I I don't know. Do I want all of Penn State's best foes in the Big Ten East moving forward being undefeated when we have to play them? Does that feel Good. <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah, like uh, on the one hand, you want them to be as highly ranked as possible. So when we knock them off, you know, that win counts for something. But on the other hand, the more losses the teams in the East have, the more likelihood that we'll be in the mix if we should stop. All it, right? we need is Iowa to win out and for ourselves to win out. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the what the ranking what of the everyone opponents else are. If, True. if we just get back to the Big Ten championship game, we're going to play, you know, t- top four Iowa at that point, guaranteed if they're undefeated. But anyway, so, so I'm interested in that game from a Big Ten perspective. Uh, also, from a Big Ten perspective, I'm very interested in Iowa's follow-up game. You know, when Penn State's played like whiteout games, they've had some letdowns afterwards and against some inferior opponents and Iowa being one of them um, in years past where we've, and we've also had letdowns against Michigan State too after beating Ohio State or or playing or losing to Ohio State or whatever. But, um, so Purdue is going to Iowa, um, and it's it's going to be a three thirty kickoff. And I'm just curious if Purdue they're three and two, they're one and one in the Big Ten. They're not amazing, but you know all these teams this year, including Alabama, including you know um, Oregon and Ohio State. Everyone everyone's been losing one. You know, and it's just like, how is this still happening? But it just is, and and it, like I'm, I want to see if Iowa can actually, you know, continue this, you know, improbable run of how they're winning games with crazy turnovers and and defensive touchdowns and just playing this ugly style of Iowa football. I'm interested to see if they can actually continue to do it week in and week out, and and see if if Purdue's the next team that's gonna, you know, shake the world with with being a, a double digit underdog, you know, at Kinnick stadium but um there's a few others uh do, I, i'm happy to keep going unless you got a few that you want to rattle off well i, I mean for, we talked about will levis a lot in kentucky um, yeah. they're playing number one georgia at georgia 
uh, 3.30. And to me, that's the game of the weekend, right? And it know, is. two undefeated teams, can Kentucky find the formula that no one else has found, or are they going to be shown to be, well, you know, on. kind of... Hold on. Let, yeah. Before you say it's the game of the weekend, let me just break it down for you. Don't you think? Purdue has a... According to, the, according to Vegas... According to Vegas... And by the way, Vegas... Nailed our score essentially. Yeah, they nailed our the, the point yeah. total more or less, and they nailed how Iowa's gonna. It's like how do they know? They just more or less do. I don't know how, but they do. And I don't know if the refs are on the take, but it's somehow it's working out for them. But so, it, it, Purdue has a better chance of beating number two Iowa than uh, unranked Purdue. By the way, uh, three and two Purdue. By the way, has a better chance of beating number two Iowa. At Iowa, then number eleven undefeated Kentucky does against Georgia. The the um, Georgia is is favored to win by twenty three points against Kentucky according to Vegas, whereas Iowa is only favored by eleven and eleven and a half points. Yeah, so, that seems a little off to me, honestly. But, why? Um, why? Well, Iowa can barely well, score eleven points total. Much less <laughs> they scored twenty three no, right. against us. Yeah, no, and they 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 walloped um, Maryland. So, uh, and hold on, hold on. Also, uh, but, but here's the, here's what I want to say. Like, all right, Florida, like Kentucky just smothered Florida on defense, and um, but it was a close know, game. I, oh no, wait, wait, I'm cl- sorry. It was it was not a close game. They 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 doubled them up. I apologize. I'm thinking of the week before. So you know, I don't know. I to me, this Kentucky team. They've got a little something, and I, you know, I think it's oh, going to no, take. No, it, it was twenty it, to thirteen against Florida. Yeah, it yeah. was close. I, I thought you were talking about LSU. I'm sorry. So yeah, you know, so they're capable I, I don't of doing. Know. I think I think Kentucky has got a little bit of magic this year, and maybe things fall just right. Yeah, I don't know. I just it's it's not quite a top ten matchup, but you know, South Kentucky Carolina versus South Carolina held Kentucky to sixteen points. Will Levis is like has had some some decent games, some good games. He's also had some very subpar games in the passing department, like under 100 yards passing in multiple games. I think so. This Georgia defense, Andy, do you recall what they've done in these quote unquote? Yeah. they are doing this to everybody. Kentucky is not the. They're not an elite team. They're not. They they they're climbing the ladder, yes, but they're not at the top of the. They're not the, at the top rung right now. Well, look, I mean, here here's here's probably the bigger point with all of this, which is to say, there's just not a lot of good games this weekend. Like true, like you know, it uh, is it Purdue Iowa. Is that the exciting game, or is it Kentucky Georgia? Is that the Andy, exciting? This game? season has proven though that the 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 games I'm you just, think aren't going to be good no, end up but, being good. Sure, this and that's what, I, that's what I'm hoping that. for. The most top 25 upsets in college football history have happened this well, season. Well, all I'm saying is that the last few weeks have had some extremely, extremely great football and 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 you know great matchups. And right. yeah, this one's a little bit of a little bit of a lull, a little bit of a dud. Um, but I think those two teams, number one and two. Uh, if you if one of them shows themselves to be vulnerable and, and gets themselves in a tight game with a with a lower ranked opponent, that's pretty fun. But I, I think I yeah. Are you going to keep going about Kentucky Georgia? No, I was just, no, no, I was just say I think um, yeah. I don't know that I'm going to be tuning into football unless one of those scores uh, 
uh, ends up being close. I will be tuning in on my phone if I have service. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. But uh, dude, okay, man. so a couple. I'll rattle off a couple quick ones for you. Um, I'm really interested to see if Oklahoma is is this, is a new team with this this quarterback, um, Caleb Williams, or if they go back to Spencer Rattler. I'm interested in that, and because TCU comes to town, and TCU is known for you know knocking teams off and playing playing strong football. And even if they you know they're three and two, whatever. I'm interested in that game. I'm interested in Alabama at Mississippi State. Can Alabama follow up a loss with a dominant victory, or are they going to get picked off again at a at a Mississippi State team that beat the team that beat Alabama? So interested in that. And then, uh, of course, the only I think the only true top twenty five versus top twenty five matchup of the whole weekend uh, that is correct um, is uh, t- Texas. Uh, at or excuse me, Oklahoma State at Texas, number twelve versus number twenty-five. Um, Snore. Yeah, I mean uh, Oklahoma's five and zero. Oh. They, they're they're climbing I just, the ladder. That's a Big Twelve game. I don't. I, <laughs> you know, I listen. I'm more of a college football fan than you are. You you like the teams you like, and then a couple of the the blue bloods you like that are that are interesting and in playing good matchups. I actually watched even the Thursday night games that are nobodies. So, well, you know, Oklahoma State is an undefeated team, and I think Texas has a good chance uh, if they can come back from that devastating emotional loss to Oklahoma. I think Texas is well positioned to um, to give them their first loss. Oh, and but, if we want if we want our resume to look good, we're going to need Auburn to beat Arkansas this weekend because if they keep losing games, it's not good for it's not good for our ability. If we're a two loss team and 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 the, and the chaos is happening at the top of the you know the top four where there's like two loss teams in the top four, whatever, we're going to need Auburn to 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 play some some good games here against some ranked opponents and and yeah, going it to, would help. It would help if they could knock off Arkansas. We'll yeah. we'll see. Bo Nix, you know, he, he he's a he's good quarterback. It. He's not it. He's a good quarterback, not a great quarterback. Yeah. Um, their running game is good, but hasn't been able to bail them out. Uh, it'd be nice if they could put it together. But Arkansas seems to be like a, it's a team that's playing with a lot more drive and poise. So we'll, we'll see. They're they favored in that out? game. We'll find out. We'll yeah. Fall. Well, look, man. Um, I think I think that's yeah, good for today. Um. Uh, you know, we've got a bye week. We got a week and a half to kind of get our get ourselves uh, in a right mind to 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 watch uh, Penn State take the team again. In the meantime, gotta say, bro, it's been a good season so far. We'll talk to you in about a week about what the next part of the season holds. Until then, it always starts with "I love you," and it ends with "I love you." Love you, bro. Talk love to you, you soon. We are. Penn State. Thanks for listening to the Blue and White Brothers. Join us next time for another great episode about Penn State football. Want to make sure you don't miss an episode? Be sure to hit subscribe before you go. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't hesitate to give us a five-star review with overwhelming words of adulation and praise. 